Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Troy Nielsen's joining us today from Smart Yield as we take a look at the markets. And it's just one of those days, Troy. I think you're ready for the weekend, ready to start on a fresh new week on Monday. Because the corn markets, as you got it, has got a few guys a little nervous with some uh, new contract lows being set. Yeah, I think that's right, Susan. Um, new contract lows again today um, were set on that December contract at 353 and it really, you know, um, we've, we've been looking for some floors to be in this market and, to, you know, to find the low and, and discover that low part of the market to start heading up the direction guys would like to see it go. Um, so every time, every day that it sets a new contract low, it, it, it kind of a, it, it's a little bit of a negative feeling. But if you step back and look at the calendar, it's September. And typically, you know, um, September, October, high likelihood you're going to see some lower prices and contract lows put in. So we're really not doing anything that's counter-seasonal. We're really right on seasonal tendencies in these markets. Um, it's just not real fun to see it if you've got um, too much unsold grain out there to see these contract lows um, being put in the corn market. Soybeans not seeing contract lows at this point, but um, still not moving it in the direction you guys want it to. So that's where we're at today with the futures market. Well, you know, I've always heard that um, lower prices is a cure to lower prices. So could we possibly, I know this is September, this is usually when we start dealing with these these lower numbers, but could we possibly, in the mode that we've been in, in the growing season we've been in, Troy, see maybe a turnaround a little bit earlier and start to see some more positive numbers? Yeah, I think so, Susan. I think that's very possible. Um, and, and everybody knows a lot of it's because of trade deals or not having trade deals um, are adding to the bearishness tone of the markets. But the other factor that we don't talk about a whole lot is the, the value of the U.S. dollar compared to other currencies out there in the world. And we um, we have no control. Nobody has any control of these futures markets, of course. But the, the U.S. dollar has been moving up since um, about the third week in June of this year. And it's been in a steady uptrend, and that's been uh, really putting a damper on additional business besides tariff um, activity um, with our with our exports. In, in addition to that, the dollar moving up, and it's kind of put a damper on normal business that we would conduct with other countries as well. So exports being off a little bit compared to where we're at typically um, week by week has has added to the bearish tone of the markets. Um, so even if we've had, even though we've had question marks as far as how many acres really got planted versus went to prevent and the acres that did get planted, you know, what kind of planting dates? We know that's late. And typically later planted crops, um, you know, you come up with lower yields. And then all of a sudden in August, we had a bump up in the, in the yield uh, estimate on USDA versus July. Well, that, you know, just adds to the bearish tone and, and con- continues to be kind of a surprise in these markets. And so um, you've got the U.S. dollar coming up. Um, if we would see a turn in this dollar and, and start to see the dollar trending lower throughout um, maybe middle to later part of the fall, um, you, you, you never know. You could turn this into a demand-driven market, which is what we typically would do at that time of year. Sometimes that's November, December before it really hits. But I think that's absolutely possible. 
Um, and lower prices also with a, with a lower dollar um, should create higher demand, which should turn these markets at some point. Looking at Wall Street, I know we saw a flat kind of Friday. We had a jobs report that came out that wasn't very exciting. You talk about China, you talk about the central bank, all those things. How much of that is having an effect on our grain trade? You know, I think it does have a direct effect, absolutely. Maybe not um, here at the farm gate level where we work with our farmers directly and we're helping them uh, quite often with the, you know, with the cash corn decisions, the cash soybeans. We help hedge livestock. So some of those, those issues are, seem a little bit, um, out of our, out of our wheelhouse, but I think there is direct effects, um, coming through there, um, because what really affects your, our markets quite often is, is the position of the funds and, and the funds sometimes, you know, what, what they're involved in depends on, um, you know, if, if, if they're in the stock market and they're bringing money over here, it's a money movement quite often more than anything that we don't deal with on this level. And so I do think there is a direct effect there on our futures markets. And right now the funds are heavily short corn. Um, they've been had larger um, position than they have currently. But um, on a day like this, you would anticipate maybe the funds have added to that con- those contracts on corn and soybeans and probably in the wheat market. And so... When you see the funds adding to it, it's kind of like a snowball. As it as it gains momentum going downhill, it gains momentum. And so uh, the sell-off in this corn market, it's it's really hard to pick where that's going to hit. It's hard to pick where the uh, soybeans are going to hit or the wheat. Um, but that there is um, there is a direct effect from those other markets that you mentioned. Well, the ethanol margins continue to have a lot of pressure, and of course, waiting in anticipation. The president said we might hear something in the next week or so as to what they're going to do with these refiner waivers. Hopefully some exciting news um, for these producers. Yeah, I hope so, because that really has a direct effect on our futures markets. Um, uh, I think they'll they'll come out with something that would benefit our producers. at the same time, I, I do know that they're talking about um, October with with China as, as far as further talks, and it sounds like they, uh, that's a possibility to get some some agreements to come to fruition there. Um, I think that all blends in together as far as um, the ethanol uh, decision is concerned as well. But it might be, um, I don't know if it's going to be a bullish factor to the markets, but it might be a... Um, something that helps us you know stabilize these markets at this time as well um but i think the big thing is china we have more coming up final bell on the rural radio (laughs) network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Troy Nielsen continues to join us from Smart Yield. And as we look at the markets, I think first, uh, before we dive into what we're seeing on production estimates, it kind of leads into what's been happening with this weather. I mean, right now we've got some ideal weather. We've got a little bit of growing degree days um, to help out this crop, Troy. But you had the chance to check out parts of Nebraska. And I know talking to folks to the eastern part, areas of Wisconsin, Illinois, um, Ohio, the struggle is still there as well. What did you see and, and how much of a weather influence are we going to continue to have? Yeah, I think that the, the finishing up on these crops um, is even more critical in September this year than typical because we are um, so late with the crop that is concerned. And even if it, you know, it looks really good, but it's critical time-wise 
And if everybody's looking at early frost or a, a normal frost date could be a big problem with these crops. If they're not to that black layer and they haven't matured as far as um, they need to at that time, um, it will definitely hurt those yields. The big question is when will we see that frost and will it be early enough that it, it causes some problems and how big of a widespread, how widespread of an area will that affect? So, um, I think sometimes we're, we're looking at something like that event and hoping that it creates a problem for your neighbor somewhere, um, in, in the world. So you can, um, have better pricing opportunities. Um, I'm not for sure if I'd count on that to be real honest, uh, cause we haven't seen that. Um, but weather wise, you know, crops are finishing decent here in Nebraska. Like you mentioned on the break, we're, um, the eastern Nebraska, um, central eastern part chopping some silage yesterday i was um from Kearney up to arnold callaway yesterday and i didn't see anything like any activity like that but the crops look really good um just really behind time wise there's still some pivots moving so they're still um uh you know seeing some growing di- di- days that are that are active for the crop and trying to finish it off strong um and i don't see anything on the horizon right now that should cause any major problems in a widespread way as far as weather is concerned in the country. Um, now, a month from now, that could be a whole different story. Definitely. You know, this has been a completely weather market from the get-go, um, even before those planters hit the field. So we should be somewhat used to it. But hopefully, old man winter just kind of stays where he needs to be for a while because there's a lot of guys that are still in the dough stage that don't want to see any sort of talk of frost. Yeah, that's exactly right. We really don't need to see that. We'd like to see our guys have as heavy a production as they can um, and give them more opportunity with more bushels. Um, and speaking of bushels, um, the August 12th report, where we haven't talked to you about this as, as much, but the bottom line on those reports, you can look at the yield and harvested potential harvested acres, um, and and then but and then look at the supply and look at the the uh the demand on it and the ethanol numbers are down a little bit but the bottom line number is stock to use and stock to use is reported annually it's reported monthly and so that's an accumulation of those numbers and how big is the pile at the end of the year that is a big determining factor on where that futures price is going to go and we did see an increase from july to august from 14.1 on corn 14.1 uh, stocks to use that is to a 15.4 for that time of year, that's a pretty big um, uh, gain in stocks to use, and that's probably because um, the acres came out a little bit different, the yield was pushed up a little bit, and then demand was off a little bit, on, especially on that um, uh, ethanol. And then if you look at the world stocks to use, work stocks on uh, corn on July was 26.3, August 27.3. So. Even on the world stock use, there was a bump up. And so that's a, that's a negative factor as well. And that's helped us, um, continue to go find new contract lows in this market. And at some point that will, um, that will end. Markets don't go down forever. And typically low prices cure low prices. So we'll see that. And, and right now we're just really in, um, very common seasonality marketing patterns that we see like in the last five and 15 year averages. So we're not real concerned about that. Um, picking lows and picking highs are a very difficult thing to do. So we don't try to do that. What we try to do is get guys um, uh, lined up through a 
a longer term marketing plan that can help them um, maybe obtain different, better cash contracting moving forward, paying attention to that basis, paying attention to that futures, and sometimes you have to separate those decisions. Um, so that's where we're at right now. Low prices sometimes create opportunity with maybe some basis decisions here moving forward in the next month as well. Well, and some lot of excitement as we get ready for next week's WASDE report for folks in, in our uh, listing area to the west. We've got Husker Harvest Days coming up, so a lot of opportunity to talk more markets. What is the best way, Troy, for folks to get a hold of you or Eric if they want to talk grain or livestock? Yeah, um, call our office here in Kearney. It's 308-234-6805. Thanks so much, Troy Nielsen, joining us with Smart Yield. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. You can also check out some market action in our Trading Bits and Bytes on YouTube. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.